welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Father Nicholas Mancini, a priest of the Diocese of Youngstown, Ohio, and his talk entitled, The Eucharist, recorded at the Gift of Faith Conference in June 2008. And now, Father Nicholas Mancini. You have a good background of our heritage, of Yahshua. Now, if I am going to tell you the following, and you should pick up where it comes from, because we're going to look at this in our modern age. Do what you must do quickly. He whom I kiss, he is the one. They lead him away, spit upon, mocked, laughed at and scorned, scourged at the pillar, crowned with thorns, presented to a pagan who says, H.A. Homo, given a cross, falls three times, nailed to the wood, raised up, cursed at, laughed at, and mocked. Sound familiar? It's any modern Catholic church today. The Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity, is mocked, scorned, ridiculed, laughed at, tramped upon, and beaten. Because we have lost the sense of the sacred. As Pope Benedict XVI in his writings described, we need to look at Jesus Christ, who He is, what He is, and where He is in our lives. We need to look at Christ, the Son of the living God, who has come down to earth, and as Steve pointed out very, very beautifully, through the laying on of hands, through the power of the priest, is made present on our altar. Body, blood, soul, and divinity for the nourishment of our soul. Just as the children in the desert ate manna. God was ridiculed in the Old Testament. He was laughed at and scorned. And what did He do? When Moses saw what was being done to God in the form of a golden calf, he took the law and flung it against evil. And they perished under their sin. How many sacrilegious communions are being made today? Sacrilege against God. Sacrilege against the God who came to earth, died on the cross, and gave us the bread of life, as John says. Do we truly believe Jesus Christ is present? 70% of Catholics do not. 
What do they believe when they go to communion? Watch a communion line. It's interesting. It looks like sometimes people going to Calvary's Hill to gawk and look to see what's going on. You see all shapes, forms, and sizes, all types of mannerisms, except the one that the Holy Fathers have called for. You see people coming to communion. They come up to the line. The body of Christ. Don't even say amen. The Hebrew word, so be it, I believe. Don't even reverence as our late Holy Father John Paul II and our present Pope Benedict XVI when we come to our Eucharistic Christ, to receive Him. Come, bow in His presence. How many of us receive Christ worthily, faithfully? Or do we scorn Him, scourge Him? Do we take Jesus into our very selves as the living bread which has come down from heaven? Do we see Christ as He is? Yahshua, who at that last supper took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to His disciples. We do this at every Mass. And it's interesting the responses people give you when they come to communion. Accept the one that is called for. Thank you. Or no response. A glare. Praise the Lord. Let it be. Alleluia. Or take it and grab it from you and walk away. What are we doing to Jesus? Is it any different than described in the Good Friday Passion, where they said, they went to the mountain, if you are the Christ, come down off the cross, then we'll believe. Do we have to take the Eucharist and make Jesus bleed physically so that we will believe? The Eucharistic miracle, Luciano, did that. The host bled because the priest did not believe what he was doing. And then he became a believer. The Eucharistic Christ, Jesus, is calling us today to be part of Him. And what is our response to Christ? It should be this. Reverence. Devotion, respect, honor, praise. Just as the Hebrew children sing the great Hallel, a hymn of praise. How do we sing our hymn of praise to Jesus? 
We have the beautiful gift of His love. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. How do we treat Him? We are called into that presence of our God. That even St. John, and I love John, the beloved disciple, because his gospel is so rich and beautiful. How does he begin it? He begins it with Eucharistic ideas. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word is God. Jesus is feeding us with His Word and sacrament. If we understand the Word, we understand the sacrament. If we understand why John leaned against our Lord and caressed Him, then we understand the beauty and the nature of the sacrifice of the Mass, which John himself would offer as any priest who was ordained that night, except one, who didn't understand the Word, did not understand the Eucharistic love of Christ, and do what you must do quickly. That has become a keynote and a hallmark of Catholics. Why? I don't know how many of you are converts, but I dealt with some converts over the years. They say, Father, you know, we want to become a Catholic. Okay, fine. But we have one question. Okay, what is that question? When is the Mass over? We're confused. Okay, well, the priest, you know, we come back after the people go to communion, you know, repose the Blessed Sacrament. We have a hymn and then prayer, and then the priest gives the blessing. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. We sing a final hymn. The priest processes out. Well, we went to a couple of churches, and we saw people coming down the aisle and then going down another aisle and out the door. We thought the Mass was over. But yet there was the priest and the servers up front, and some people there yet. Is there another service that follows that? No. They left after communion. Jesus has a word for that. Can you not watch and pray with me one hour? What is our rush to leave after communion? What's the big deal? The malls are going to be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The best one is what Bishop Sheen one time told. The man received communion, went right out the door, got in his car, couldn't get out of the parking lot, honking the horn, no one's there to move the car. So he bangs the two cars, goes out, pulls out of the church parking lot, and gets hit by a semi and dies. Probably, as Bishop Sheen said, he stood before Jesus, and Jesus probably said to him, Could you not watch and pray with me for one hour? I know you not. Out of my sight, you evildoer. The Eucharist today has become commonplace. It is not given the reverence and love that we need to give to Christ. And this is what Pope Benedict XVI in his new books, and if you haven't read Jesus of Nazareth, 
do so by all means. It will change you. It will make you want to become a Eucharistic adorer, to go to perpetual adoration, to be more worthy in receiving Christ in the Eucharist, to truly understand, as the Holy Father writes in the beauty of that book, the meaning of the Our Father, the meaning of the love of the Lord in our lives as we receive Him, to come before His altar with reverence, respect, devotion, and love, so that no matter if I extend my hand or extend my tongue to receive Him, my response must always be, Amen. I believe. So be it. Yes, Lord. That's the only response. One word. That's all. And what a beautiful word, Amen or Amen. To take the Christ body, blood, soul, and divinity into my very being. We'll return to Living Bread Radio Presents after a short break. God, our Father, help us not to lose sight of heaven while we apply ourselves diligently to the circumstances of our earthly lives. Enable us to hear your voice, follow your will, pursue your purpose, and accept your judgments. Help us to act to please you rather than ourselves or others. And after our earthly lives are over, let us be united with your Son in the unity that you share with Him and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now the conclusion of today's production of Living Bread Radio presents. Jesus is scourged over and over again so many times And as I pointed out last evening, how many have found the Eucharist in pews, on floors, in missalettes? There are horror stories that are published. One time it was said, John Paul II in one of his papal visits saw how communion was being distributed and afterwards made a comment, this must change. People reaching over, grabbing, shoving, pushing. What are we grabbing here? Are we lashing out? As the crowd did in the courtyard of Pilate? Are we tearing Jesus apart? as they scourged him at the pillar and tore his flesh? At the foot of the cross, one man realizes later what's happening. He sees all this clamor, this confusion and noise. So he looks at this Jesus hanging there now, dying, And in his last words, Jesus bows his head, gives up his spirit, and this man, who's a pagan, looks at this crucified one and says, truly, this was the Son of God. Now, 
Here was a Roman, a pagan, who at the foot of the cross now believes in the Eucharistic Christ. And we, who have the privilege and honor of going to the holy sacrifice of the Mass, how do we treat him? Do we treat him with love, with reverence and respect? How we treat the Eucharist is how we treat our priests, bishops, and the church itself. If there is no respect, then we have no respect for what is sacred and holy. Then is it any wonder our churches are empty? Or when a bishop has to say, we're sorry we have to close a parish. There's no people. Then people all of a sudden rise up and they attack the bishop. Well, this is our church of baptism. Where were you? Well, you know, it's too far. This is where I was married. Where were you? Missed you Sunday. Oh, well, we went uh, camping. Oh. But Bishop, this is the church we grew up in. Now, where were you? See, that becomes the fall under the weight of the cross. But it is Christ who is ready and willing to help us lift that cross by saying, come to me. All you who labor and thirst, and I will refresh you. And that Eucharist is that refreshment and nourishment for our souls. How do I receive Christ? The beauty of the Eucharist is the treasure of the beauty of the Scripture itself. The Word made flesh, as John describes. The beauty of the Eucharist for us is to receive Christ worthily to come before the Blessed Sacrament, to kneel in prayer before Jesus. After communion, do we go back to our pews and kneel in that moment, that 15 to 20 minutes that Jesus is within our very being dwelling in us? Do we give thanks and remember for what the Lord has done for us? Or are we like the crowd at Calvary. If you are the Christ, come down off the cross and I'll believe. And out the door we go like Judas. Where are we going? Nowhere fast. What's our rush? They didn't rush off of the hill at Calvary. Mary and John and Mary the wife of Clophus stayed. They stayed with the dying one whose body was broken, blood outpoured for the sins of the world, whose nourishment and strength John understood as he held the tabernacle of the Most High in his arms, Mary. And she's the only one who could say, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And here is John, the first bishop of the church, taking the Eucharistic tabernacle and embracing it as the blood is pouring down off the cross. He didn't leave. 
He stayed with the blessed sacrament, embraced the tabernacle in his arms, and he heard these words, Woman, behold thy son. Son, behold thy mother. That's Eucharist. That's love, respect, and devotion that we should be giving to Christ. We have the greatest gift of all. And how do we treat Him? The greatest gift this world has ever known. How do we respect Him? The Eucharist in the Scripture rings out to us as the bread which has come down from heaven. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life in me and I in him. This is the beauty of the Eucharist. This is what we should be giving to our Lord. Not making our churches a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. How many times have our bishops said, over and over and over and over and over and over again, quiet please in our church, Blessed Sacrament's present. They tell the story of one bishop who went for a confirmation. Blessed Sacrament's present in the church, right there behind the main altar. Bishop comes up, he's standing in the vestibule. He says to the pastor, what's all that noise as they're coming up the steps? He says, I don't know, Bishop. He says, uh, maybe they're getting stuff ready in the hall for the reception. Bishop arrives at the back door of the church, looks in. People are talking. Bishop walks in. There's still this noise. He said, may I have your attention, please? He said it three times. And finally they got quiet. And he says, well, now that I have your attention, your attention should have been gotten on when you came into this church by the one who dwells on this tabernacle, Christ who is here, present. That's the first thing I want to tell you. Then the second thing, I as your bishop will be back to give confirmation when you learn respect. True story. You see the sense of the sacred must be brought in, as Pope Benedict XVI describes in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, and in his book on the Eucharist. We need to have that time with Christ. We need that time to revitalize ourselves in that silence, that sacred silence, as the liturgy calls for. Read the new general instruction of the Roman Missal. Sacred silence is that time of prayer, that time of contentment and peace, where we share in the sacrifice of the Eucharist through prayer, hymns, and that sacred silence that gives peace to our soul. That is Eucharist. The word Eucharistia or Eucharist means Thanksgiving. Do we give thanks to God for all He has done? Rosalind pointed out very beautifully this morning 
as did Steve. The beauty of our tradition. The children of Israel. And we are now the new Jerusalem being led on our pilgrim journey to the kingdom. Do we embrace the one who loves us? Or do we betray him with a kiss? Jesus, our Eucharist, let's bring back what our bishops, what our Holy Father is calling for. Reverence for the one who loves us. And remember that Christ is truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the blessed sacrament. He is eternally present. Let's treat Him as our God, not as a mere thing. Let's treat Him with respect, honor, and praise. For one day we must stand before Him. And when I go to communion, do I go in the state of sanctifying grace? I just want to close with this one statement. And I always get a kick out of this one. I don't need to go to confession, you know, because the Eucharist takes away my sins. Well, back up a minute here. Yeah, it's true, venial sins. Oh, I don't need confession. I confess directly to Jesus or to God. Do you swear? Do you curse? Do you lie? Yeah, you know, these things, they're not important. Jesus understands. And they come to communion. I curse God's name? Yeah, you know, he understands. He'll, he'll forgive me. Sacrilege. How many sacrilegious communions against our Lord? Read what St. Faustina has to say in her diary. It will amaze you. Read the revelation Jesus gave her about the dying man when he saw what his soul looked like before God. Read her diary. You'll have a change of heart before you go to communion. The joy of communion is the joy of knowing my Jesus. As the ancient little hymn went that we learned when we made our first communion, Jesus, my Lord, my God, my all, how can I love thee more and more? God bless you. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on compact disc, call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.